Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. My teaching is entitled, He Must Needs Go Through Samaria. My read is in the New International Version, the book of John, chapter 4, and I'm reading from verse 1 to 28. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples, so he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who have us, who gave us the well? and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst indeed. The water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said, you're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I am the one speaking to you, I am he. 
Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking to her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of town and made their way toward him. So, children of God, the Bible lets us know how Jesus forfeits his lunch to go and food to go to Sychar, a little town in Samaria. And I like the reading, the St. James Version. Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. And when Jesus got to, to Sychar, the little town in Samaria, he waited there. The Bible said, he waited and he waited and he waited and he waited. And I like that. He waited. Who was he waiting for? One lady. Wow, one lady. He must needs go through Samaria. And I like that. And this is why I like the Christian gospel. This is why I like this salvation. Because it's a one-to-one. It's not a set of rules. It's a relationship. And, and the Bible said he waited on a one lady. He must needs go through Samaria. And I like the word needs. N-E-E-D-S. He must needs go through Samaria. Sorek. T-S-O-R-E-K. Is defined by the Hebrews as needs. The word Sarek, T-S-O-R-E-K, is defined as needs. And, the, and Brown, Driver, and Briggs, the Hebrew, um, the, le- the English Lexan Bible, states the needs, N-E-E-D-S, Jesus refers to, is a significant kind of need. Significant. And referred it to one of Solomon's admonishments in Ecclesiastic chapter 8, verse 9. Solomon is speaking. Who can tell someone else what is to come? So that's Ecclesiastics 8, verses 9, 8 and 9. As no one has power over the wind to contain it, so no one has power over the time of their death. As no one is discharged in time of war, so wickedness will not release those who practice it. All this I say as I applied my mind to everything done under the sun. There is a time when a man lords it over others to his own hurt. Then too I saw the wicked buried. Those who used to come and go from the whole pl- holy place and receive praise in the city where they did this, this too is meaningless, Solomon said. But Jesus said, I must needs to go through Samaria. Must need means it was a necessity and was a necessary journey for Jesus to travel to the little town called Sychar in the city of Samaria. 
he said, I must pass through. I must need to go. So this is so interesting because Jesus was sitting on the parcel of ground, at the well that the Bible said that Jacob brought and erected an altar and called it El Elohi Israel. El Elohi Israel. And El Elohi Israel is the mighty one of Israel. That's what that name means. He, he, he bought the plot of land and he erected an altar and he called it El Elohi, Israel. So Jesus was sitting on the altar of that El Elohi land that Israel, that Jacob bought. Genesis 33, 18-19. And after Jacob came from Padamaram, he arrived safely at the city of Shechem in Canaan and camped within sight of the city for a hundred pieces of silver. He bought from the son of Hamor, the father of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. There he set up an altar and called it El Elohi Israel. So Jesus was not only sitting on history, he was sitting on the mighty God of power. Wow. So he turned up with the mighty God of power to minister to one woman. Oh my goodness. Elohi Israel, Savior of the world, had come. Why? When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Will you give me a drink? And I like it where the translators stated, stated it to show that it all happened when Jesus' disciples had gone into town to buy food. So this one was just Jesus and the woman, will you give me a drink? Jesus said to the woman. And so, children of God, this drink is not a physical drink, you know. This, this, this drink, um, Jesus was telling the woman, give me the opportunity to treat you. That's what it was. Will you give me a drink? Jesus said to the woman. It's not a drink that I'm going to drink. I'm going to give you a drink of water. No. Jesus was telling this woman. He left walk all the way from one region. To the next region. To sit. On the well. Yes. To give. Opportunity. To treat. This woman. Jesus was telling the woman, give me the opportunity to treat you. I have a treatment for you. Give me a drink. I will make it happen for you. I will heal you and deliver you of your wounds. I will make your dreams come true. I will give you and grant hope and peace to you. I will make it happen. Where you will never remember or look back at your past. You will never recognize yourself after I've done with you. 
I will turn your life upside down. Will you give me a drink? So Jesus came to provide help, assistance, healing, and a cure for this woman. And the Bible lets us know Jesus walked from one side and he was very weary from another journey that he had previously. And he waited over three hours for this woman who didn't even know who he was and that he had been waiting for her to show up. As far as she was concerned, and one thing she knew, Jews didn't mix with people like her, much more to ask people like her to give him a drink. So this is what I like about Jesus as well. Jesus is not into tradition. Jesus was coming he left from one part of the region took to the other, came to her, came down to her level of understanding in order for him to break Jewish fables, Jewish traditions and feelings and thoughts and opinions and protocols and procedures and communications and customs and to put an end to Jewish austerity. Everything was fixed spiritually and physically for this woman. There was a divine exchange in place for her. Anytime Jesus asks you to give me something, it means he has something divine to give back to you. He has a divine exchange that he wants to make that he wants to give to you. And I will give you something that when you drink it, you will never have that thirst again. And this is what this teaching is all about, children of God. When you listen to it, you will never feel fed up, tired, frustrated. You will have no feeling of hopelessness or feel like a loser with a loser mentality. You will not feel you have been used and abused and, 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 and good for nothing and weary or have the need to steal five husbands. And this is what Jesus came to change. Praise the Lord. So the Bible let us know in verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. See, this is the biggest problem right here that we have in the world with children of God. This is the reason why he sent me with this teaching. Jesus is not interested in who you are. Where you are. Where you are from. What your lifestyle or orientations are. What, what your emphasis and leaning and your inclinations are. He's not interested. If you are pink and green and black and blue, where you are from, what you do for a living, and that, and that, what sets Jesus above gods, the other gods. This woman had a background, but he was not interested in her background. He was interested in her future, and he came. To her to deliver her 
from the darkness and obscurity and and the, and, and 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 he, he broke protocol and came and he sat and waited over three hours to rescue her and to request help for her. Look at the reply Jesus gave to her when she mentioned protocol and tradition. Jesus answered her in verse and if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And this is all that Jesus has to give to those that would give him a drink or ask him for a drink or give him a drink. This is what it's all about, children of God. It's a relationship. This is what Jesus gives to every child of God that comes to request his help. All the child of God needs, it's all tied up and wrapped up and tangled up in Jesus. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than your father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. And this is why this teaching is, you will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up into eternal life. And, um, you know, this scripture, this is symbolic because when he, when he said, the water I give to them, the water is symbolic for the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. He is the mastermind. He makes it happen in our lives. He said, I will give him to you and, um, and he will well up. He's like a spring of water welling up into everlasting life. This is salvation. And this is the gospel mantra. The water is the power of the Holy Ghost. This is the one John the baptizer said to those who were asking him, where do you come from? And why do you baptize? And if you were the real deal. Um, and he said, me? I cannot, I'm not even worthy to tie the latchet on his shoes. The one coming after me, is greater than I, John said. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That's what he, John was talking about. The Jesus that was coming after him will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. So this is the same water that he said, I will give you to the woman at the well that will well up in her. It's like going to be like a spring welling up into eternal life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water then so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Can you imagine? This is what Jesus gives to every child. Every child that is fed up. She said, I'm fed up of coming here. Give me this water so that I don't have to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. You know, give me the living water. He gives them the living water this is the water 
that he wants to give you, the living water to cure and to quench all your thirst, that children of God won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water and have to keep coming here to draw water, uh, which, which is, that is symbolic of you know, the same old, same old problem. Same problem existed in your life, same issue. And that, that the issue can be gambling, the issue can be drugs, the issue can be cheating and lying and dishonesty, double dealing, unprincipled, deceitfulness, duplicitousness, which is making you sick and tired like the woman she sounded sick and tired. You feeling useless and unsuitable, fed up, frustrated, hopelessness. Or feel like a loser with a loser mentality. Good for nothing, weary, cheating. The need to steal five husbands. Let him give you the ox for the living water. To give you to drink so you don't keep cheating and sleeping around. And sleeping with Tom, Dick and Harriet. Let us for the living water. This here is the real cure. The real thirst quencher to prevent lifestyle like these. Lifestyle of lawlessness and all this nice, this knife crime, stabbing, murder. You need the living water, my son or my daughter or whoever. You need the living water and the living water will destroy the hatred and the prejudice and discrimination, bigotry, intolerance, narrow-mindedness, dysfunction, and sin. That's what we need, the living water. The living water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you have had five husbands. And the man you, 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 you have now is not even yours. See, did he condemn her? Did he call her names? No, Jesus, Jesus is not that. Did he call her, you know, all sorts of names? That people would label somebody who has an issue? Five husbands. And the what she was with, and the one that she was with, which number six, wasn't even hers. But yet, he still didn't condemn her. He didn't. Jesus gave her the cure. He said in verse 13, Jesus and everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. This is the, the, the one in the, the, the well, the Jacob's one. But he said, whoever drinks the water, which is the Holy Ghost, that I will give him will never thirst. Indeed, never thirst means she won't have the desire to be doing the thing she is doing. He said he will never thirst for somebody else's husband. For somebody else's. We will never thirst. He said, but whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I will give them will become in them a spring of water. Amen. Welling up into 
eternal life. Oh my God, he will turn your, 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 he will turn you upside down. He will show you your true worth. He will show you the reason and, and your purpose. Oh, he will show you. He will give, grant you inspiration. He will show you eternal life. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to stop there, children of God. So we will continue with part two next week. Papa God, thank you for this and teaching and for the gift of the living water that you offer any children of God that desires to give you a drink. You said, whoever drinks the water I will give them will, will never thirst. Indeed, the water I will give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. We ask you, Father God, for living water. <coughs> we pray, Father God, that any child of God who listen to this and request the living water, that you will grant it to them in the name of Jesus and that they will never thirst. It will, it will, it will quench every thirst in any, in, in any area that they need you. you will, the living water will begin to quench their thirst in the name of Jesus and heal them from all the various issues that they may have. This I ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Children of God, please forward this to your friends, to your family, to your loved ones. Share it with them. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Somebody need this. Somebody need Jesus. And he's relying, he's, 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 um, he's depending on you. To share the word, to pass it on. God will bless you richly. Pastor Sandra, check in out. Until next time, God bless.